I do have some housekeeping things to go over, just some updates that I'm sure we want to talk about. And um, we'll do that at the latter part of today. We have a hard stop. Set a hard stop, 7.30. And we want to make sure that we accommodate since she was so graciously coming. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. All right. Invite some folks up. We'll invite our, our guests up as well. And. Oh, hello. Hi there. Hello. Hey, it's Tinu. Hey, Angie. Hi, Tinu. All right. I'm um, trying to. This is my first clubhouse. I'm like feeling very. You're fine. You're <gasps> okay. fine. Okay. You're fine. You you you've done <laughs> better than some of us when we started. Okay, that makes me feel better. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is there supposed to be video or anything? No, no video, no video. Oh, cool. oh dang. I could have, and I showered and everything. Let me just. <laughs> That's why I send the email to say what Clubhouse is. And say, hey, you don't have to get dressed. You don't have to get <laughs> well, Clearly, I'm late, I'm late on the Clubhouse uh, uh, bandwagon. So, oh, I'm reading it now. <laughs> yeah. I See, people don't I read no more. Do. I've always complained about how people don't read no more. And I'm like, oh, guilty as charged. <laughs> no problem. Oh, okay. my goodness. So, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Be Black and Craft, where we don't apologize for our influence on craft beer. We have a special guest. We have Tinu Diver. Denver, name? like River. Denver. Oh, I looked at it so much. River. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. But T I wanted to make sure that I got your first name right because oh, I, I that. Because my name is Angelica. And so I always go by Angie because that's my big pet peeve mm. about people saying my name wrong. <laughs> so I get I get people out. That's why I go by Angie. But we ha I have been wanting to speak to this young lady. Um, I didn't know that I actually had met uh, <laughs> met Tinu. I was we say were, we met in Charlotte, didn't we? <laughs> when we yes, when we met in Charlotte, and I did not know. I didn't put the pieces together until um, Ashley Tucker said, uh, "Yeah, you saw you met her." You, in fact, you were sitting right next to her probably when she was filmed. I said, oh, I had no idea. So, <laughs> and then when she told me what you were doing, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. So I started following you. So if anyone is not familiar, um, Tino, I, I added documentary and historian because I feel that is a part of what uh, your journey is to create this film that, that will be coming out called mm -hmm. This Belongs to Us. Mm -hmm. And so one of my, I guess my first question I want to know is, what is your relationship towards beer or any fermentation? What was your first start? 
Okay. Well, first of all, good evening, everyone. Um, really appreciate everyone for taking time out of your Monday evening to listen to me talk. <laughs> and um, looking forward to the conversation. I was having lots of FOMO because this was like the first um, Barrel and Flow, the you know festival formerly known as Fresh Fest that I've missed since 2019. So um, I was having FOMO looking at everyone's um, posts and things on social media. So anyway, good to be with y'all. But um, yeah, as Andy said, my name is Tinu Dever. I am a documentarian and a lawyer and um, I don't know, community auntie <laughs> based in Raleigh, North Carolina. And my relationship with beer, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting journey. Um, initially, my relationship with beer was very <laughs> distant and tangential. I will say my earliest memories of beer were, um, I think, largely as a, as a little girl growing up, a little black girl growing up in the 80s, were um, Colt 45 ads um, with Billy Dee Williams, even though there's lots of debate about whether Colt 45 is considered beer or not. So that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then, um, but growing up, you know, so my parents are immigrants from Nigeria. I grew up in Maryland outside of DC in Prince George's County, PG County. And growing up, the only beer that I ever, I guess my, my first introduction to beer was watching my parent, my dad and his friends drink beer um, at parties or while they're watching soccer. And the only two beers I would ever see them drink are Heineken and Guinness. And so for a long time, I kind of thought that was the, the world of the universe of, of beer. Um, and then, but, you know, the other thing that was interesting was that they also, my family and kind of the village that raised me also taught me a lot of history. And so I also knew about the history of beer being tied to Egypt. And I knew about Ethiopians brewing beer. And um, my parents had a family friend that worked for Nigerian breweries in Nigeria. So the first brewer I ever knew was a, a black African man. Um, since a lot of European brands offshore, they're brewing, you know, to other um, countries that they've had relationships with through colonization um, because it's cheaper. And so, yeah, I kind of grew up with this, uh, this, this, um, I don't know, I guess like kind of multinational <laughs> kind of global and Afrocentric um, view of beer as a kid was not a beer drinker at all. Um, and I would say my relationship with beer started to kind of shift when I moved back to North Carolina in 2014. I, uh, as I mentioned, I grew up in Maryland and I came to North Carolina initially to attend college. Um, and after, finished, after I finished school, moved away to Boston, moved back to North Carolina in 2014 and just noticed how prevalent beer, particularly craft brewing was in terms of an industry in North Carolina, how um, the there, there were just more craft breweries, there were more bottle shops and tap rooms. And, um, you know, just kind of took notice of that. And then um, after I'd finished uh, working on a certificate in documentary arts and worked on some projects, kind of was just open to the next project I would work on. And that's kind of when This Belongs to Us started kind of germinating when my kind of awareness of the presence of beer and the space it was taking up in North Carolina intersected with what I was also noticing about what was going on in the communities that were often adjacent to breweries and they were often historically black communities. So um, that curiosity led me into the project um, because it was kind of one step after another where I began to wonder about um, how this craft that I knew 
had the presence of black people and African people, um, you know, was completely devoid of that, in, at least in terms of how it was characterized and presented in the United States. And that journey then kind of revealed how deep uh, the legacy of, of women, particularly black women, particularly black women from the South, in my case, North Carolina, um, their contributions had been to beer. And um, for some, some I don't I know, there's lots of different people on, some might be more aware of the project than others, but um, I had the, the opportunity to screen a works in progress screening um, of the project at Sundance in 2021, which was virtual. And as I was preparing for that, um, there was the, kind of the largest, I guess, shift in my relationship with beer and fermentation in that my mom shared with me for the first time that my grandmother, my mother's mother, who died when my mom was 14, so I never met her, but my maternal grandmother was a brewer. And, uh, you know, immigrant parents aren't very good at sharing things with their children. They're not, they're not very transparent. And so mm. it was one of these things where my mom was like, yeah, you know, your, your grandmother was a brewer. And I'm like, uh, no, because you've, you've never told me this. And, um, you know, she had talked about my grandmother in lots of other ways. Like she was a seamstress and just how she was a hustler. And, you know, I'd like 50, 11, you know, different jobs and things, but never as a brewer. And so, um, yeah, she shared that my grandmother brewed Budokutu, which is the traditional fermented um, drink beer in West Africa that's uh, made, the grain that's used is sorghum, um, which is, sorghum is actually naturally gluten-free. So in the US, that's what breweries use to brew um, gluten-free beer, um, they'll use sorghum. Um, but it also is, is interesting kind of um, connection to when you start thinking about the broader story of foodways, particularly African foodways, particularly when you think about the connections between West Africa and then the Southeastern United States, and how that shows up in so many of our, our so much in our agriculture and our foodways and things, um, you know, rice, okra, sweet potatoes, um, et cetera. Um, sorghum is also kind of one of those crops where you see that connection as well. So yeah, my relationship, that's a long answer, <laughs> Angie, but it's um, my relationship, I would say, with beer started off pretty distant and has kind of morphed and changed and shifted, I would say, over the last, oh, I guess three, four years now. I love it. That that was a wonderful journey. Oh, good. Telling us how yeah. you how you came into it. Um, I don't. I, <laughs> it's amazing. So I mean, it's, and that also kind of uh, hands on to why you uh, kind of jumped into this and are able to see a different scope of things. So, so you did uh, like a. I guess a halfway mark for 2021. So where do you see yourself now as far as the film being mm -hmm. completed? So, and I, you know what, Angie, I realized one thing, really important point about that journey, which is um, my relationship with beer actually, you know, through the project is really more so now about my relationship with brewers. And so mm -hmm. um, This Belongs to Us is um, a documentary project that's exploring um, kind of the journey of black women uh, brewers from the South um, and is about this whole word reclamation in terms of how do we remember and recognize the contributions of people who have been a part of this history but have not been recognized as such compared, I would say, to their, their white male counterparts. Um, and so, um, 
the brewers that I've had the most time with, well, the one brewer I've spent the most time with is Brianna Brake, who's the CEO of Spaceway Brewing um, in Rocky okay. Mount, um, who I met yeah. in 2019 um, at Fresh Fest, or the, the festival formerly known as Fresh Fest, I should say. And, mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, so the project um, has, <laughs> it's kind of funny, it depends on which day you ask, what stage of production we're in, um, because, um, part of what's been really interesting about this project to your comment earlier about the documentarian and historic historian kind of aspect is that a lot of this history is still is literally being um uh, what's the word i don't know expanded and explored while i've been working on the project mm -hmm. um so i kind of you know have this idea and when you're working on a film, you know, a documentary, you, you have an idea and you're not sure if you're crazy, like if there's a there there, like, you know, cause that, you know, I really didn't know, I, I, didn't, I had never heard of, of any black women brewers, you know, in 2019 when I first started working on this project. I had never even, I hadn't heard of Garrett Oliver till I showed up at Fresh Fest in 2019 and I'm listening to him talking to this panel and I'm realizing that this dude has been around for a minute and I'm like, why have I never heard of this man? Even just in terms of just like history, like American, just like American history, black history, like how have I, how have I never heard of this person? Um, and so, and similarly um, with the black women I've had the the privilege of, of speaking with, documenting with, um, had never heard, had never heard of Celeste Beatty. Um, hadn't heard of, obviously hadn't heard of Brie. Had never heard of Patricia Henry, who was the first um, woman uh, to be the brewer brewmaster for a major in this, you know, macro brewery. She ran the Miller's Coors plant in Eden, North Carolina, uh, which is located right over the Virginia North Carolina border. And Miss Henry is a, um, I wrote about this in an article for good beer hunting, um, that came out a few months ago, um, called a black woman made this beer. And it was really focused on how so many of the black women leading in, in brewing, um, graduated from HBCUs and, but I had never heard of Patricia Henry, who, you know, was in, you know was a huge part of beer history um, as a woman and particularly as a black woman and you know and, and, and you know North Carolina native. And so, um, because of that, uh, the the and because of COVID, the timeline for production of the project is, has gotten pushed out longer than um, I've been <laughs> I would have I would have hoped. But I do plan to continue shooting um, throughout the rest of um, definitely definitely throughout the rest of 2022. I can really imagine how um, it's hard to film as far as, and I'm sure editing is going to be um, a delightful nightmare. And what I'm meaning by that, it was like, there's so many nooks and crannies that you've probably captured that you're like, okay, what can I cut? What can I leave out? What, what can I not leave out? And uh, just like with Hannah, uh, she opened her first, you know, She's like, she's a first. She can be a, a Jeopardy question and <laughs> now because she's the first in Ohio in the nation to mm -hmm. open a cidery and a winery. Mm -hmm. One of two. One of mm -hmm. two. So, so I can imagine how that could be uh, tasking. And you so, know, it's so, it's so crazy. It's like when you, so my, um, before this, I had done two short films, um, various audio projects. And so when you're working on your first feature length film, it's like, oh no, you know, your first like thing is like, oh shoot, how am I going to fill up 90 minutes? You know, <laughs> like you're working, like at least mm. I was, I'm like, how am I going to fill up 90 minutes? And now it's, yeah, it's exactly to your point. It was like, oh shit, how are we going to get all this 
90 minutes because, you know, um, and I think that's probably the better problem to have. But yeah, yeah. I think that um, because I didn't realize at the outset how much of the educational piece would be a part of this project because it's just that so many of us don't, don't know, didn't know, don't know, didn't know about this history. And even now when I talk to people about the project, in terms of just understanding the contributions of women, the contributions of Black women, African women, you know, all of the all the ways that cultures and civilizations have had their own traditions of brewing and fermenting, using whatever you know grain was, you know, whether it was pulque or chicha or you know whatever grain was available, um, is something that you know folks are, you know, discovering. And I think one of the both the beauties and the challenges around you know kind of how to how to structure the film is that. I'm sure as you as you know, beer is this prism through which you can examine so many different issues and so many different things. My when I talk to folks, my argument is that beer is probably the most political beverage in the world. Um, and and I mean, small p politics. A lot of people will be like, oh, you know, whatever, keep politics of beer. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like it's probably one of when you think about all of the different aspect first of all the fact that it's been with us since the beginning of civilization i think is something worth paying attention to because there's not mm. many beverages that are like that you know like i don't know why me didn't pop off <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i'm not enough <laughs> not enough honey i don't know but you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so yeah. i think the fact that this this beverage you know is a handful of beverages like that coffee tea you know, beer, wine, to a lesser extent, that have stayed with, stayed, you know, stayed with us as civilizations across the world and across time. I think that's something worth paying attention to. But yeah, I think one of the challenges too is that there's so many issues that can be explored um, around craft beer, whether it's around the environment. I mean, you know, the primary ingredient in beer is water. So, you know, if someone starts jacking up your water, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> You're a brewer or putting, you know, chemicals in your water source, you know, for your for your beer. Um, obviously, agriculture is really key and important. And I think that's what makes particularly craft brewing in North Carolina really distinct is how intentional brewers are about using um, the local kind of local agriculture ingredients in, in beers. Um, there's obviously race and gender. Um, there's labor history that's tied up in brewery, breweries and who was allowed to work at certain breweries and who 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 wasn't. And, you know, the fights that yes. were fought um, to ensure that, you know, black folks had access to um, to jobs and breweries. Um, obviously, there was a beer summit at the White House and that happened um, in response to a black man being arrested um, in his own home. Um and, you know, in the fallout from that, um, you know, there's marketing and advertising and the whole conversation about cultural, um, you know, appreciation versus misappropriation and how you market and sell beer and what you call it and who, who you know, what <laughs> what name you give it and what's on the label um, and what type of you know references are there. Um, there's issues around spatial justice, um, particularly when you start talking about gentrification and noticing the connections around where breweries located in neighborhoods and space and things like that. So, um, yeah, I just that's one of the really the things about this project that I that's really um, that really draws me in. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and open up the floor because we do um, we want to be mindful of uh, Tini's time. And she said that she had a hard stop at 730. So I'm going to start with my first question. And, and after my question, uh, anyone that has anything else, 
please, um, you know, unmute and ask. So one of my questions, and you may not be able to answer it uh, because it may be something that's a, a little bit of a teaser for the, for the film, <laughs> but I'm wondering, was there something that was very, like, just like God smack you in the face that you did not have a clue of knowing that you had one narrative given to you and it was completely, the, the road had completely diverged to something else. Um, I wouldn't say, I would say, I mean, well, so far the big twist has been around my, you know, the discovery of my grandmother mm -hmm. and her, um, <laughs> really, cause I never got to know her. So I just like, you know, her presence, um, is feels very real in this project now knowing that. Um, but I think I'm actually gonna, and it, it won't be a spoiler because it's actually something that's already kind of out, out in the, the world. But I think what was a real shocker was when I read, um, the piece by, uh, Teresa McCullough from the Smithsonian Museum, um, the Smithsonian's beer exhibit about, um, Patsy who was, uh, a formerly enslaved woman from North Carolina, actually from Franklin County, which is just one county over from where I live, um, who um, Teresa came upon her story through, I believe it was a, a runaway slave ad um, that in some of the descriptions of her noted, you know, spoke about her, um, her skill in brewing. And I think that, that story shook me because again, when you, when you venture out into a project, sometimes you just don't know where you're going. It's dark. You can't see, you can barely see this. You can probably see, have enough light to see the step in front of you. And I think, and I feel like when I first started talking about this project, some people thought I was kind of crazy. They were like, yeah, right. But like, I really think some people like thought I was crazy. Like some people thought like, yeah, right. Black women don't brew beer. You know, there's these myths around black people not drinking beer. And so I do think that there were some people who really thought like, yeah, like what? Like, because we just, we've never, we, we, we haven't talked about it. We don't know, you know, it's not what's been elevated. Those are the stories that have been elevated. That's the history that's been celebrated and documented on the same scale as, as other folks. And so when you then, so when you venture out and you start working on a project and then you have that, that affirmation that okay, you're not crazy. <laughs> like there's a there there. So I think it's just it's just like I knew more about the more modern contributions of Black women to brewing, but then to start seeing how far back it goes, and to start making those those connections. And I think you know folks are trying to figure out like how how you know how far back we can go in making those those connections. I think that's been amazing because I think it just affirm you know sometimes we have like chronological snobbery and thinking that you know time like modern time modern time like we're at the apex of like technology and wisdom and knowledge but we forget like how much knowledge um and skill and intelligence our ancestors held and that that hasn't been lost and that wasn't lost even through those who were brought to the u.s from africa against their will through the trans like slave trade so we forget, you know, like that's part of the the violence of white supremacy and colonization is is the erasure of your identity and the erasure and the erasure of your lineage and the erasure of your history. And 
um, I think just getting those signposts along the way on the project um, that no, like, I feel like it's almost like the ancestors are like, hey, finally, y'all found us. We've been waiting. <laughs> you know, like, hey, <laughs> glad you're here. Like, we got some things to share. Um, yeah. Is, yeah, that's been, I think, um, yeah, some of the most felt, has felt very, like, sacred, um, has felt very sacred work, so. Yeah, okay. Uh, thank you so much. Um, so I'm going to open up the floor to anyone who has any questions for Tinu. Don't be shy. Tinu, or Dr. Tinu. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been waiting wow. to call you that. I just want to you call it to you so bad. Doctor, just, just from Clubhouse? Is that, that's right, that's right. That's right, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, how you doing, hey, girl? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I just want to say, as always, I'm proud of you. Um, I love what you're doing. I hear everyone talking about the black and brown women that, you know, have been doing this fermentation for a long time. But to see you actually put um, some color on a screen that we can see, that my children can see, I'm super duper excited. Um, I can't wait to see the success it's going to be. I can't wait to see how it's going to impact um, so many people who aren't even just black and brown. Um, so again, I just commend you for what you're doing, for all of the hard work you're doing. Um, and for those who don't know, could you just quickly say how we could support you, whether that be through travel funds, whether that be through just straight up money, gas, whatever you need. <laughs> Yes, there's gas prices. Um, well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for those words and thanks for all the support from Lifting Lucy and um, the admiration is mutual. Um, and really just want to say, I don't, you know, I don't get that many opportunities, um, but I just want to say how much I appreciate, yeah, just the embrace from everyone. Like, I, I feel like I came, again, I when I came to the, the, the festival formerly known as Fresh Fest in 2019, um, it was like the first time I had been in any type of Black beer space and just as you know as we do you know we just have this way of embracing folk you know and so i definitely felt like that embrace um and have since then so i just wanted to say thanks to any everyone who's ever you know you know liked a tweet or shared about the project or donated you know to our crowdfunding or anything um i really appreciate it and it all it means everything. Um, so yeah, if you go to the website, thisbelongstous.com, um, there's a link uh, to our, to, if you would like to support the film, um, we have um, a fiscal sponsor, uh, which is the Southern Documentary Fund, um, which in my opinion is one of the preeminent um, kind of arts organizations supporting um, Southern filmmakers. And so really proud um, to have fiscal sponsorship from them. Um, and so if you would like to support the film financially, um, you can make a donation. There's a link on This Belongs to Us, and um, it'll take you to the um, SDF donation page for This Belongs to Us. And because they are 501c3, your donations to the project are, um, are tax deductible, if that's something that is helpful for you. Um, and um, yeah, I would appreciate, we are still, um, we will be continue to raise money throughout the entire production. Um, we did do a crowdfunding campaign back in 2021, and I think people thought that was the whole budget. And I was like, no, <laughs> like that's just going to get us through research and development. <laughs> so um, if the, you're always like, hey, can we support? Yes, I will always, as long as the, the cash, the check cashes, 
um, we will, we will take it. Um, and so I really appreciate any, any support, um, that, yeah, that folks, um, um, would like to offer. It means a lot. Absolutely. Thanks Thank for, you so um, thanks Eugenia for posting, um, the link to the, um, the good beer hunting article about Patsy, Patsy Young. I couldn't remember her last name. Yes. Um, Patsy Young. Um, Oh, Tina, it, what other questions? It's well, it's seven thirty. So. Okay, I was gonna, you know, okay, give I, another I, I, minute for the for the people. Okay, okay, good. I I, 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 <laughs> I want you to say that that I I, I held you posted. So I, <laughs> no, I want to be sure. Anybody else have a question? One quick one. All minds are clear. How was your yeah, did were you at first fest, Angie? I was I mean, Bar Barrel and first, Flow. Sorry. I, I did go to <laughs> Barrel and Flow. And I went to the I was at the second first fest. But yes, I did go. Um and a lot of these people that are in the audience I know. were there as well. I see. Yeah. We well, I'm a, glad we had a wonderful time. I saw it. I missed I missed the family reunion. So I'm yeah. glad that y'all had such a good time. And thank you so much for inviting me. Um, to my first clubhouse ever. How apropos it would be being black and crafts. <laughs> yes, but um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that, uh, well, I know that we will continue to follow you and see what mm -hmm. your journey is um, to getting this completed and um, going through film festivals and uh, winning awards because who speak it? It's, it's just, I mean, it, from what I've seen, just, you know, just scrolling through your IG page, it's like, wow, look at this. This is amazing. And I think about my parents and think about, because my mother, <laughs> my mother uh, always thinks very fondly of when she first met my dad mm -hmm. and how she was, uh, she was uh, expensive. She was expensive. Uh, an expensive date because she liked the pink champagne. Oh my! Uh, it was like the little, it was like the little, like little Mickey bottles, but it was pink, and uh -huh. that was two dollars, and that was very expensive in the 1970. Mm. But apparently, he won the winner, so she got her pink little champagne, and she used to she was like, yeah. <laughs> she was always like. <laughs> Like yeah, I got him because he he would buy me pink champagne. Oh my like, gosh! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's why Tinu is going to be so important because you got to think about those advertising dollars too, right, Angie? Like, yeah, you know they we have so much spending power, and you know we like to spend on nice things. So mm -hmm. why you know why would we not do any different for craft beer? Mm -hmm. But if we don't have that, those, you know, those advertisement dollars, those marketing dollars, we don't see ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's just like Tinu said, it's the myth that we don't drink, you know, nice beer, good things. And that's just not true. No, it's not. Like, At yeah, all. black folks are drinking someone's beer. And I, I think I wrote, wrote about this in um, the article, the Good Beer Hunting article about black women and um, HBCUs. Um, like I've actually watched because I've spent time with Brie when she's, you know, serving at different events and festivals and I call them space away converts. Um, it's even for people who don't think they like who people who don't think that they like beer. Um, you know, I've watched 
<laughs> them try, you know, you know, they'll be like, well, she's like, well, what do you drink? They're like, oh, bourbon, whatever. And she's like, okay, try Dundata. Um, and which is a cardamom, I believe it's a cardamom stout, I believe. And, um, and sure enough, you know, they're leaving with a four pack, you know, <laughs> by the end of the night or a couple of four packs. And so, um, yeah, I, um, yeah, uh, the other thing I think on the website as well, there should be a pop-up box that folks can sign up for, um, updates on the project. I am long overdue for one, just because I've been in a, a production cave, um, for a good part of the summer and spring. But um, if folks want to keep kind of tabs on the project and updates, and I usually will share like if um, there's like an interview coming out or an article or production stuff or behind the scenes stuff, um, also feel free to, to sign up there as well. And again, thanks for having me, Angie. I really appreciate it and appreciate everyone for coming out on this Monday evening. I thank you so much for taking that time and uh, sharing with us. I I feel like I've gotten to know you even more, um, especially with that that little that dropper with your grandmother. It's just like, wow, that's just so amazing. And I think there are more stories like that that than we know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we have to continue to peel back those layers and yeah. find that information. Yeah. Indeed. But I will I will let you go. But hey, everyone else, I have I have I will, some housekeeping rules, so don't I will leave I will leave quietly as the apps. <laughs> <laughs> have a good night, y'all. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right, talk to you later. Bye. So um even going with that uh that thought process of uh women be you know belonging uh in the beer industry being a part of the beer industry enjoying beer i'll tell you about an experience that i had this weekend we went to neutral ground uh here in fort worth and it's um it's owned by 50 50 you know 50 50 owned and one uh gentleman from new orleans and then uh his partner and while I was sitting there talking to him, he was like, I got to ask you a question. How do I get more black women in here? I can't. He was like, I can get my friends, people that I know. I'm in a fraternity. I'll get, you know, I'll get the bras here. I'll get a couple of sorority sisters. But how do I get somebody that I don't know to come in here to this brewery? And about 30 minutes in, I was like, you know what? I should be, you should be giving me a consultation fee because I'm giving you gems. He was like, I didn't think of this. I didn't think of this. I didn't think of this. Um, but it's, it's like, uh, it's still kind of elusive to people. How, how do they get black women to their breweries? Um, and how they how they market or how they advertise. It seems like it's it's like it's very uh like up in the air for them. So I gave him some ideas, but it was just it was really interesting. Have y'all had that kind of uh conversation? Because guys will come, you know, to a brewery, whatever, but 
it's the women that we're needing to see more of in the brewery space, especially black women. How do y'all feel about that? Do you see black women in breweries? Just out of curiosity, Angie, are there any black women that work there? So if I walked into that brewery, would I immediately see anyone that remotely looks like me? And this is what's so funny. Like his, uh, his daughter does like IG, his IG. Uh, and so he was doing like a holding a beer and he is so Creole Louisiana. It, it, it doesn't, you wouldn't know that there was a black, a black man holding that beer. He's so light. So it's like, I'm damn if I do, I damn if I don't. And uh, so I sent him pictures of when I was there. So my little chocolate hand holding a beer. Um, and they are hiring. So I did post that on my uh, on my Facebook and as well in as in our Slack. And I need to post it some other places as well. So they can get um, beer tenders there that might be interested um i don't know if they need any associate uh excuse me assistant brewers there yet um because it is a small place so yeah but i had something else oh two things three things here we go three things First of all, um, we do have someone in the audience that's very, uh, very quiet and demure, but I want to congratulate Jeremiah for making the transition to False Idol here in North Richland Hills, which is a fave of lots of people in the uh, DFW Metroplex. And um, I'd asked Jeremiah to come on to being Black in Craft I say, I'm a little busy, you know, hold on, let me see. I did not know it, he was busy because he was had another job. So congratulations to you, Jeremiah. Uh, we'll be seeing you very soon and come to hang out at False Idol. And um, also we wanted to, if you, didn't get the opportunity. I think it may still be on IG Live or Reels. Uh, Hannah Dope, the brand, I had her grand opening on last Saturday. And uh, they had, actually, she's having someone that's doing a documentary, a, doc, a documentary uh, on the whole course of everything that has happened to her. And she got her pro proclamations from the mayor. It was just just a wonderful, beautiful time, and I I hate that I wasn't there, but we kind of had a soft got to do a soft opening when we were at Fresh Fest. So um, send her well wishes uh, to her. And is there anything else, Chris Kendrick? Nothing on my end, of course, just echoing what you said, uh, proud of Hannah, you know, just being able to uh, go up there and, you know, shoot the shit and just see, you know, the black awesomeness that I 
told y'all, man, some powerful black women to be on these calls, man. And it's, it's just amazing to even be, you know, able to witness just, you know, what just came as an idea to her to see to come into fruition. Uh, she's so, so humble and so well-deserving of everything that's coming her way. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to supporting more and more. Sure. Definitely agree with that. Um, I know that Chris is working on um, a website for us. If anyone uh, saw the t-shirts that we had during Barrel and Flow, and it's like, ah, oh, man, I wanted a t-shirt. Uh, we will uh, have it up and available very soon where you can purchase a shirt, uh, some merch. And let's see. This coming Monday, we're going to round off the end of the month. I'm sorry. We're going to have our culture. Uh, It is a team of four. So that's going to be interesting. um, Having those, uh, the the dynamic of four people, running a brewery and seeing how that kind of evolution has taken place. Um, if you were at Barrel and Flow, they did have a booth there and you can uh, talk to them about the beer that you tried with them. Is there anything else? Anybody else have any questions? Shout outs? Hey, this is Aubrey. Hey, Aubrey. Hey, I just, uh, I'm sorry I missed last week. I was traveling back from Barrel and Flow, uh, but I was able to catch up the, on the uh, on the replay. And uh, just wanted to, to holler at Chris. I heard Chris mention something about somebody walking around with the white Hennessy. Yeah, man, that was me. <laughs> that, uh, that's, 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 that's a little tradition that goes back to 2019 when I started listening to... Uh, the drinking partners podcast and they always talked about having oh, you know right. bringing shots of Hennessy. that's right yeah so i bought a bottle of that white back in 19 and uh and they kind of flipped out about it uh so that's just kind of been a little tradition uh now that first year they and and ed and uh the guys from from black frog and 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 uh console they kind of uh, sat in the corner and consumed it all. So uh, in in twenty one, we just decided we were going to start sharing it around. So so that's kind of where that came from. So I ain't mean to put you out there, man, but uh, just want to let you know a little bit of history behind what what that was all about. A lot of there were just a lot of other high ABV things that weren't beer or were lemoncellos that were being given to me, and I just felt like. This is the moment where everything goes downhill from there, but that was cool. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Anybody else have any shout outs? Anything y'all want to share? Man, I was on that. Um, I was on the Gilman last week. I didn't get a chance to see. Rob, did, did you get a chance to talk about your collab? Like, this is the moment where everything goes downhill from there, but that was cool. (laughs) That's funny. Okay. 
Anybody else have any shout outs? Anything y'all want to share? Man, I was on that. Um, I was on the Gilman last week. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see. Rob, did, did you get a chance to talk about your collab? No. Does he want to? I would like to hear. Yeah, I made him explain it to me uh, when I was up there at Bell and Sober. I, I don't know if he want to talk about it. Uh, it was never really much to talk about. It was, uh, we had some issues, uh, but I mean, because at the end, because he had some chat room issues, like their, their, uh, burn system, uh, flooded when we were supposed to go up there. So it was kind of a, a, a wishy-washy. Like we had the ingredients, we talked about the ingredients and stuff, but the actual brew day got all messed up. So we, so, so we didn't even go because we were supposed to go up to New Hampshire, but we didn't go up there, so we just, um, so when we got to Barrel and Flow, I mean, Barrel and Flow was the first time we had tasted the, uh, concoction. Mm. Well, that's, that's last week. But that, that seemed to be a thing with a lot of people. Like, they didn't even taste their collaborations to the day of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because and I think I think some of it had to do with there's a lot of new breweries taking place in the collaboration process, and I don't know if mm -hmm. it was all of it was clearly explained to them either uh, in terms of uh, what to expect. And because uh, when we first talked to uh, Ash from Modest Man, he was asking us all the questions. We was like, well, we don't know every question, but we can answer some. Like he he was he was not sure if we would be surprised if it was a white guy. We would be talking to him when we got on the call. He was like, I didn't know because I know it was a black beer fest. So, so it was like a <laughs> so he had a lot of uh catching up to do in terms of uh learning. And then he had some issues with um learning how to uh bring down the beer from New Hampshire to PA because there's a lot of different laws that he didn't he wasn't aware about. So that caused a little uh delay as well. So it was a lot of uh things, especially for the newer brew breweries that were doing collaborations. Okay, so I see I was uh solo on in that that uh it was a new brewery because literally when I got the email saying that I was mashed up, she was opening her brewery day one the next day. So um I just felt like you know, maybe you should have waited a year till you got, you know, your actual bread and butter up before you did, you know, something in this realm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I did reach out afterwards. <laughs> like, hey, everything. Thanks for everything. I got nothing. I was like, well, that's pretty that's pretty much standard. And I don't know if like to Rob G's point, do you understand the whole purpose of collaborating and how to collaborate um with you know with someone who may not necessarily be a brewer, but 
I have been in collaborations. I've done, you know, I've done oodles of them. Um, yeah, a lot of them didn't because that was one of the things he did say. He was like, I don't, I've never really collaborated that wasn't a brewer on brewer, brewer to brewer. So that was one uh, thing that he wasn't explaining. Now he was like, Modest Man is not a new brewery, but it was it was new. They're new to the festival. Uh, gotcha. They were new to Barrel and Flow. So, so they, they've been open for about five years. So they had mm-hmm. the, uh, but they're also, but I think they might have been taking on a lot of things as well because they're also opening up a new uh, tap room about two hours away from where they originally are. So I think um, he was, they were dealing with a lot of stuff. So, and then they had the, had the incident with the, the brewery um, uh, leak causing leaks and then the distribution issues they were having uh, the workout. So mm-hmm. I think it was just, I think, and I can I tell it today and, uh, and um, Ed in terms of, in terms of let, when you talk to breweries, I don't think they wasn't even the contact for breweries, but, Someone else was, I can't remember who was on that letter, but just letting them at least give them more of a um, background on what the the process should be or how it, mm-hmm. if, if there is one that have worked like flawlessly uh, throughout the years, like maybe get a, a blueprint from them maybe, and then kind of sharing that with like a, like a, a best practices and sharing that with the breweries that come on board to do collaboration, especially with not other brewers. I think that would probably help be helpful. Yeah. I agree with that um, because actually the person that I was collaborating with, she wanted me to come the week before Fresh Fest mm. to brew. Like, who got money like that? <laughs> not, not I. To go back to back, I, <laughs> I don't get, I don't get flewed out. Like, I can't fly, fly my, I can't flew out myself like that. So I was like, uh, you gotta. And that was too close to me. That was too close to to be confident on, you know, because we could have had issues just like y'all had issues where right. you, you need to be able to pivot. You have to have some wiggle room to pivot. Um, but I'm still, I, I think I had mentioned before, I was like, you know, they had, had, had said, you know, I always get complaints and I don't, I truly don't want to be part of the pile. But I do want to also let him know about the experience that I had um, that not necessarily negative, but just be- like, as you said, best practices, something that would be a little bit better if that person truly wants to um, come back uh, to to Barrel and Flow, how it might be a little bit easier. Right. Well, if you, do don't, want to talk today, if you don't want to talk today, talk to the, the other person that was on the email that that was the contact Pat? of breweries. I don't know who the other person was. Thomas Poet. Well, there's a difference between constructive criticism and, and complaining. And constructive criticism is, is great. And feedback is great. So definitely don't right. be afraid to share, Angie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I second that, Angie. I mean, I, as a organizer of an event, I you know, it's hard to hear. But it is so helpful to hear. Um you know, any kind of feedback and do, I don't know if they have like, do they have a survey or any kind of anonymous opportunity to give feedback? I was, an, I was anticipating a survey of some sort. Yeah. Um, but I will uh, definitely either, you know, send a note to ask if there will be a survey. If not, um, just send a, a letter, send an email and let them know how things were. 
And yeah. quick question. This is random, but I just thought about it because Jen just spoke. Um, did we do a clubhouse or Jen's conference afterwards? Did we? Jen, no, we you know what? Because Jen went to the to uh to an island. I, was, oh, I got the hell up out of here. I was she oh, got man. out of there. Sorry. But, <laughs> because yeah, let me tell y'all something. Jen's conference in Atlanta was one of the most amazing, executed, well thought out yes. conferences that I have ever attended. No lie, from beginning to end, it was exceptional. Like, yes, I can't wait until next year. That's thank it. you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. But, but Jen, since since you are talking, go ahead and tell them about your upcoming event. I will. Thank you for the opportunity. So, for those of you who I've not had a pleasure of meeting. My name is Jen Price, I'm the founder of Crafted for Action, um, which is an organization that creates uh, community through uh, exposure to craft beer and bringing people together and making it, you know, a, a space that's welcoming to all. And so one of the things I like to do is kind of cross pollinate things that that people don't think that black folks do, but that we do. And one of those uh, instances is beer and camping. So um, I'm launching a, a camping boot camp series with a Nick of Outdoor Gear and Beer. If you don't follow him, please go to his Instagram. It's at Outdoor Gear and Beer. He is a legit black outdoorsman, um, camp leader, scout leader, camps outside, overlands, and is really serious about like camping lifestyle and he wants to expose more black people to camping as is my mission with beer so we're doing a boot camp series that launches on wednesday the classes are free it's designed for people like me who you know don't know much about camping but would like to know more to um, be more educated on it and um, at the end of three sessions we're doing an overnight camp out in atlanta um, well north of atlanta um, which will be the first weekend of November. So the classes are des designed to build upon each other and to get everyone prepped so that when we go out on November 5th through 6th, we all feel comfortable and confident in our abilities to camp and take care of ourselves in the outdoors. So um, there's more info at craftedforaction.com and on my Instagram, which is at craftedforaction. Very good, very good. Now, if as long as they're excited to feast is there to make some of those nachos on the campfire, <laughs> y'all okay. You will be okay. Right. Y'all had that thing rocking. So we, at the end of Craft, uh, Craft for Action, Craft Recon last year, we did like a day camping event with Nick on Saturday. And it, we had outdoor food and, and campfires and folks cooking outside. And y'all brought like nachos and steak and like nice gourmet sausages and stuff like that to cook out. And I was like, if this is what camping is like, I can do this. This sounds more like glamping right. to me, but I'm, I'm with you. If someone <laughs> could hook up those nachos. And from what I understand, his wife is a really good outdoor chef as well. So she'll be teaching us how to cook outside and all that good stuff. It should be fun. If you're in Metro Atlanta or you know people who are in this area, send them my way. It should be a good time. Definitely, definitely. Anyone else have any uh, updates or news that we need to know about or like to share? Andrew, when's the next uh, iteration of Lipco coming out? What's the next beer coming out? Um, First off, hello, everybody. Sorry, I've been jumping in and out, hey. been handling Lipco things. Um, so for us right now, this 
August 27th is MegaFest, which is in D.C. Um, unfortunately, Libco will not be able to be there, but the DMV Collective will be there. So it's being put on by uh, Soul Mega with their uh, three-year anniversary. And then um, you're going to have uh, Urban Garden Brewing Company, so Sister Imani. Um, she is the first black woman to own a brewery slash brand in D.C. Um, also, Sankofa, who was actually at Barrel & Flow. Uh, Patuxent Brewing Company, which is the first uh, black-owned brewery in Maryland with a brick and mortar. Um, and I believe Black Viking will be there. Uh, we may not be there um, in actual, uh, in person, but we're trying to get our liquid there. We have some things that we were, <laughs> we've been trying to get to for, uh, since COVID that's finally got rescheduled and just happened to fall on that day. So, you know, it sucks. But, um, for us, uh, right after Barrel and Flow, we have a contract already made up for our African queen and her seven seas IPA. Um, so we are brewing that at the end of the month. And we are looking to land mid-September, if possible. Um, we'll be doing draft and cans. So we'll be doing half barrel, six tools, and 12-ounce cans, so six packs. And uh, we're getting into, you know, pretty much distribution across the state. Uh, we'll be looking at trickling yeah. into D.C. and Virginia as well. Um, but that's the plan right now. Uh, African Queen of Her Seven Seas is going to be uh, touching down very soon and then from there we'll be working on introducing um the rest of our lineup as well too um and, it, and it'll be like a one by one thing until all four is out there um and that's what we got that's nice that's nice jerry you have something uh can you hear me yes okay great great i, I uh, just uh two things I do want to say really quick, just because Jen spoke, and I just want to put my words in the room. Jen, thank you so much for keeping that virtual component. I, I, I think from an accessibility deal, the virtual part of a festival really does mean a lot. Even if it's something that is, I know it's not going to be as much as the main festival, the people who are there. And even if it's a charge for this is the virtual experience and then this is the, the main experience, that would be totally fine. I would love that. And I would, I, I kind of miss having that from Barrel and Flow this year, but Mr. COVID came for a visit and so I, I wasn't able to go. So it was just one of those things there. So I just want to put that in the room as far as the conference. And then I also want to mention that if anyone's in Dallas, Texas this weekend, um, feel free to come share with us this coming Sunday at Oak Cliff Brewing at noon. It's uh, my unofficial birthday bottle share. I'm just saying that in my head. Yeah. Because <laughs> my birthday is Friday. And I and for whatever reason, I don't feel like, you know, usually I do stuff all month. I'm like, I'm so busy. I was like, you know, I'm kind of over it, but I wanted to have a bottle share. So I'm excited to uh just come and just hang out and drink some beers with some people and and let that be it. So but yeah, I'm I'm excited that we're getting that back flowing and going. So, um, well, if there's nothing else, I really appreciate everyone coming in, uh, giving us feedback, talking to Tinu, and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us, and good night.